Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome once again to Madrasa on A. Of course, developing Islam in me. I'm your host Yasmina Peterson along with special guest in studio. That's none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. Before we jump into the program, there's just a few reminders. So get your pens and papers ready. And that is with regards to our very first workshop that's going to be taking place on the 18th of February, inshallah. That's going to be at the Masjid Al-Munawar that is in a retreat. That's Concert Boulevard as well well as from 3 until 5 o'clock inshallah so now the registration form if you are willing to participate then you can go onto our website on www.vocfm.co.za to fill out your registration form and also not forgetting the excursion that will be taking place on the 26th of march now the registration form is so that you can get a certificate for those of you who are going to participate and also those of you who are going to be joining along in the workshop bring a friend or two along inshallah and spread this amongst the community but do not forget to check out our website on www.vocfm.co.za for that registration form and you can fill that out inshallah if you are going to be attending the workshop but for now we head straight into our very first topic that is with uh, Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams none other than knowing my Lord Assalamualaikum Sheikh Afan wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh How's yourself and Yasmina? Alhamdulillah Nisam Sheikh Alhamdulillah 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 Yes, uh, and Yasmina, um, we are at the issue of the, of the slot of dealing with knowing my Lord. And as we normally know at the beginning of the day, inshallah, of the program, we normally make dua. And we'd like to ask everybody to join in in our dua that we're making. And we ask, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim, bismillahi ar-rahman ar-rahim. Alhamdulillahi wahda wa salatu wa salamu ala man lana biyab'ad. Rabbi sharah li sadri wa yassir li amri wahdul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Allahumma allimna bima yamfa'una wa anfa'ana bima allamtana. Warzukna ilman yadhal jalali wal ikram. Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta sami'ul alim. Watuba alayna innaka أنت التواب الرحيم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا فإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة عين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما أولئك يجزون الغرفة بما صبروا ويلقون فيها تحية وسلاما خالدين فيها حسنة مستقرا ومقاما ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا أذاب النار وادخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا أزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين Alhamdulillah listeners, we've been to the subject of knowing my Lord and just having a recap of where we've ended up. I think uh, for now I would just like to remind us that we've gone through the issue in knowing my Lord having to be bringing to us the position of our Lord in the sense of Rububiyyah. And Rububiyyah was to be said came from the word Rab and here we wanted us to understand the qualities, the values, the um, makeup of our Lord in His abilities that He have, and He is the one telling us about Himself, and we need to recognize Him as Rob. But we said to you, the Lord has got the one connotation of Rob, which speaks about Rububiyyah, and it also speaks about Ilah, which speaks about Uluhiyah. 
Uluhiya speaks about a different thing and we've started touching on that one yesterday. We wish to go into Uluhiya for now. Uluhiya speaks about the process of knowing our Lord in the fact that He is the one alone worthy of being worshipped. Now, the, the issue is um, we, the, 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 the word worship needs to be broken down or understood what it all entails. But because having to give this quality and the status to our Lord, we need to be able to recognize what we are doing. And are we doing that? Because what's happening out there in a world, we speak about uluhiyah, about Allah being our ilah, meaning worship. But there's many people who unfortunately, they worship other things with Allah. Ya Rabb, may Allah protect all of us. That we do not worship anything other than Allah. Because when you and I say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah, then I'm saying I bear testimony to the fact that there is none worthy of worship except Allah. Nobody deserves ever to be worshipped. Nobody has the quality and ability to be worshipped except Allah. So we say, Uluhiya belongs to Allah. And that makes him the ilah. That thing that alone deserves to be worshipped. Now, so you can think of the various means of worshipping that people have, right? There's the sense of idol worshipping that people, idol worships. There's sometimes people worship things other than Allah. Some people worship animals. Some people worship human beings. Some people worship creation. Like trees or stars or fire or things of that nature. But to be Muslim, we, as Muslim we can only and we must only worship Allah. And we cannot worship other than Allah. Neither can't we worship anything with Allah. So it's, it's, it's very specific, explicit. It's very clear. It's defined to the fact that there's no space for anybody with the worshipping of Allah. And you cannot share the worshipping of Allah with anybody or other than Allah. But the issue of, the, of what we speak about when we speak about worship, as I said, that needs to be unpacked for all of us. Because um, there's an understanding that you and I have of the word worship. And sometimes we limit it and we just wish to be able to unpack that so that we can see the vastness of what it entails. Right? We... we, we here to be able to look at that sense of uluhiyah, understand the difference between worshipping any other than Allah. And that's what they call idol worship, or you worship somebody other. May Allah protect. And, and, and this is what we see happen in the life of man, when they unfortunately worship other than Allah Ta'ala, such as when we speak about idol worshipping, what happened in the time of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he was in Mecca? There was a total of 360 idols around the Kaaba, in and around and above the Kaaba. And the people was worshipping these idols. But idol worshipping does not come from the Arabian Peninsula. Idol worshipping was introduced to them and they took to idol worshipping some time before. But the, the human race has been doing this thing of idol worshipping many, many years before. And it's probably just a reminder to you and me of what has happened in the life, and I'm, I'm speaking now to the elderly generation today, 
You remember you and I, we heard when we were much younger, we, they, they spoke about Greek philosophy. And in the Greek philosophy, there was various idols. And every idol stood there for a purpose. And there was the idol of love. There was the idol of war. There was the idol of uh, um, when, when you wanted to be able to travel the world, to have that safety and security to travel wherever you need to travel. So you had special idols for various things. This came from Greek philosophy. But similarly, I'm not going to say the Greek philosophy is to be blamed. I just want to say to us that this is a thing that has been amongst the time of Jahiliyyah a norm, a common thing. In the dark ages of life, people did not know. They knew that there must be some supreme being out there and they wanted to link with him. But they used many ways to be able to. And unfortunately, the fact that they were not guided accordingly or not following the true guidance, they felt, um, uh, um, uh, they, they felt unfortunately, um, doing the wrong thing, not realizing that they have to be able to submit to that which comes from Allah and His Messenger. Beautiful said there by Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams Madrasa on A Developing Islam in Me. If you have just joined us, I'm your host Yasmina Peterson. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the program. For now, we break for ads and when we come back, we'll continue. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Of course, Madrasa on A Developing Islam in Me with none other than special guest in studio, Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. We are in the segment Knowing My Lord, and this time I hand over to Sheikh, where Sheikh will be latching on as to where Sheikh stopped last. Bismillah. Shukran jazakallah khair for that, Yasmina. Alhamdulillah, we were speaking on uluhiyyah. We were speaking on uluhiyyah and we said to you, it's all to do with having to take Allah as the one that we worship. And that we worship none other with Allah or other besides Allah. Right? And that is pertinent, very, very important. It is the core of our belief. And if I say our belief of the Muslim belief, if anybody worships anything other than Allah, then unfortunately he's doing either idol worshipping or they call that shirk. Right? May Allah protect that you and I do shirk. Shirk is you actually choose other than Allah and you give the powers that belongs to Allah and worshipping, you give that to others. And or it means you worship others, you worship others with Allah. You say those things have got powers and Allah, which the powers that belongs to Allah, but you give those things the powers with Allah, so you worship them with Allah, right? Now, there's probably a very small or short, uh, uh, insignificant little example that all of us can refer to, as when I call to anybody else and I believe that that person has the capacity to all answer my call. Remember. You and I, Allah says to us in the Quran, in Surah Fatiha, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدْ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ When you and I worship, we can worship Allah and Allah absolutely alone. We may not and cannot call ourselves Muslim if we worship anything Allah or anything else with Allah. And similarly, when we want to make dua, 
Allah tells us, وَإِيَّكَ نَسْتَعِينَ When you and I are in need and we need to call to somebody who we need to help and to assist us, Allah says to us in Surah Fatiha, وَإِيَّكَ نَسْتَعِينَ When we are in help, Allah, we don't run to anybody, to anything. We deny anybody and everything. We deny them no right that they can answer any of our prayers. No matter who they are, no matter their status, their position, even if they are my, my peer, or my mufti, or my sheikh, or my awliya, or, or, we cannot worship them. We cannot ask them anything. They don't know. They don't have the capacity. They cannot and will never be able to answer me. For whenever I'm in need, the only one that has the capacity, that has the ability to answer me, to share with me my needs, is Allah Ta'ala. And Allah wants us to understand that. And thus we need to say in Surah Al-Fatiha, إِيَّكَ نَعْبُدْ When we worship, we worship you and you alone, Allah. Part of that worshipping is that our uluhiyah says to us that when we make dua, having to ask anybody, we can't ask the Kramat, we can't ask the Mawlana, we can't ask the Sheikh. Yes, when you and I, we first ask Allah and we beg of Allah and we rely, Allah is going to answer us. And thus, we need to be able to develop our belief structure that we recognize worshipping belongs to Allah and only Allah and nothing but Allah and Allah absolutely alone. That is what Islamic worshipping is. Islamic worshipping has got nothing to do with this little and that person and the thing. Our uluhiyah belongs to Allah and to Allah alone. Our worshipping belongs to Allah. Yes, I said we're going to unpack the word worship because we need to understand what is worshipping all. What does it all entail? Many people is under the impression that when we speak about worship, we speak about standing in front of Allah making salah only. Or um, the things that when somebody like go for hajj, that's worshipping. Um, that is one very, very, very small portion of the understanding. Worshipping is vast. Vast. Remember when we said to us earlier on that the understanding when it comes to in the other subject matter, we said we need to know where do we come from. And we said we need to be able to know what our purpose is. And we said we came to identify that our purpose was, in actual fact, to be able to serve Allah, to worship Allah. Our purpose is to worship Allah. Inshallah, in that segment, we're going to break down to let us understand what it all entails, the word worship. Here in this segment here, we need to look at what was the sense of worshipping of man through these processes. Now we found that the people of the Arabian Peninsula at that time was doing idol worshipping. And yes, you and I are given the, the, the background of the people of Arabia, the Quraysh at the time of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and prior to then. But the whole world, everywhere, the West, the East, the North, the South, everywhere, people was having some form of indecent worshipping that's not deserving to Allah. Whether it's idol worshipping or worshipping things or, or, or whether they worship anything other than Allah, but people was worshipping other things. And this is what we need to understand. Now we recognize the fact that Allah has sent messengers to remind people wherever they are that they need to return to Allah. They need to see that worshipping belongs to Allah. Because all the prophets gave the same message 
each and every one from everywhere, Allah's made sure that nobody can claim to Allah that we didn't get the message. So yes, example, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at South Africa, where we, if you do a study of the people that call themselves the Khoi people, and you do a study of the people that call themselves the Oza people, then you find that these two groups of people has got certain qualities that clearly indicate that these people had the total trust in a creator who's created the heavens and the earth. And that somewhat there has been some personality in their life before who guided them to be able to submit to that creator or the supreme being. And they could actually submit themselves to him and he has guided them to many things and they did that but unfortunately as the ages went by the years went by their forefathers or the people thereafter after the initial stages of the people who guided them went off the road and added many things to it and today they sit with a belief structure that unfortunately has got in it positive things but the people are not worshipping Allah Ta'ala. This is a sad thing. Example, and I've, I've mentioned to you the, 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 the um, Khoza people. It's, it's a common factor that they all circumcise. But circumcision by the prophets has been a norm. And it's the prophets who taught people circumcision. But it then becomes something other in their life later on. And circumcision was supposed to happen at the very young age of a child. So they don't go there. You don't add up with negative things. Because if you are not circumcised, you're not clean. And if you're not clean, you probably can do, you can, you can become affected by many ailments and sicknesses. And so no disrespect to anybody, but this is the reality. But the circumcision law came from the Lord, who, from the person who guided the people via their Lord to what is it that they need to keep themselves clean. It happens in the Kosa people and it happens in the Koi people that they believe if a woman has her had her menses then that woman after she has or while she has a menses she cannot interact with her husband but so it happens with the Jews as well they know a woman cannot interact with her husband intimacy this can be which means the husband refrains from the wife and the wife refrains from the husband being intimate with one another during the period of the menses of the woman. And the only way is that after the menses, according to the Khoza people and the, the Khoi people, the woman needs to go to a place where she takes a bath under water running at some river, at the sea, at a fountain, or at a waterfall. She needs to go and wash her body. This is after the menses, so when the menses is finished, she cleans herself, and then and then only they come together. But that is that not the very law of the creator of the universe who placed that in the Quran, the last and final message? Exactly. Comes from Allah Ta'ala. So what does it say to us? That there has been 
people to remind people how to come to the path of Allah. May Allah open the path for all of us and grant us to be of those, inshallah. Amen, inshallah. We are now in our segment of questions where you can send through your questions through the following numbers, and that is 072 238 That's 072-238-0712. Alternatively, you can send through an SMS to 47913. And that is, of course, on our SMS line. And that is pertaining to the topic that Sheikh is speaking about. We are in our segment, Knowing My Lord. And that is with none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. So, inshallah, Sheikh, we have received a few questions. So then uh, the first question in which uh, came through via our SMS, or via our WhatsApp, rather, it says here, Salam sheikh and all on board question can we can go to no one for help except allah then why are our people going to the karamas for help shukran must probably i think we need to be able to be open-minded with things and not to be careful to be able to blame people um, sometimes people go to places and we do not know what they do there right? and it does not make statements by saying that these people worship these things right or they ask them things. If people go to the Karamat and they go there in honor and dignity and respect to those personalities who's played a major role in the development where you and I am, you can go there to make dua for them. You beg Allah for granting them khair and barakah. Right? But if you go to the Karamat because you believe that the Karamat has got qualities and you can grow with their qualities, how dare you go to somebody that has got almost nothing and Allah offers you the opportunity you come to that who possesses everything. He possesses everything and he says he alone can answer you. And he says if you ask me and me alone I will answer you. I promise you that. Subhanak. Because as Muslims we cannot go there and asking and begging them. They don't have. Because if anybody deserves to be able to other than the Karamats or the Awliya or the Salihin, if anybody believe that they have got qualities that you and I can with surely, then our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa your teacher and mine, your role model and mine, your guide and mine, the one who is the reason cause why you are Muslim, he is the only one that you can enter through into this deen. He said, not even him can answer you and I for what we want to ask of him by begging him why he is dead. When we go to the Qabra of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa we don't ask him. We only give him praise and respect and we ask Allah to shower him for that. For if anybody deserved it, then he deserved it first. None of the awliya, none of the salihin, none of the anbiya, none of the great leaders has actually taught us unless we unfortunately has done something similar to what is happening where the world is now taking to others to worship besides Allah and the subject of uluhiyya because that topic of Asking Allah and Allah love. Allah said that to us. We said in Surah Fatiha already at the beginning of the Quran in the verses when Allah speaks to us about the month of Ramadan. Allah says to us, فَإِذَا سَعَلَكَ عِبَادِي أَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ Oh Muhammad, if you, uh, my slave asks you ab- about me, your, your Lord, فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ Tell them I am nearby. I answer the prayer of anybody who comes to me who asks me of the question 
So definitely we will definitely look at that a little bit later inshallah after the program but for now Sheikh we've got a few minutes left before we go for our next ad break Sheikh and uh, Bismillah we Sheikh left off inshallah Okay um, we hope to do, look, do that question a bit later if you don't mind Inshallah For, for dealing with, with uh, where we are in the subject matter we were speaking about the essence of Uluhiya and really understanding Uluhiya has to do with worshipping nobody else but Allah. And I said the very subject or the subheading of worshipping must be unpacked. Right? And I want us to understand that we need to look in, as Muslims, look into the field of worshipping. Let us not be of those who say, no, I know what worshipping is, I know what worshipping is. Let us see how does Allah and His Messenger describe to us what worshipping entails. And we hope to do that with you, inshallah. First and foremost, we need to understand that there's been idol worshipping, worshipping other than Allah. And this is what we did to be able to show us what happened in the time of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But we also made it clear the whole world was covered in idol worshipping. It was not the Arabs of Arabia only. Everywhere in the east, they only had idol worshipping. Everywhere in the north, they had idol worshipping. Everywhere in the south, everything in the west was idol worshipping. In total idol worshipping. And that era was called the era of Jahiliya. Depth of ignorance of the reality that worshipping is deserving of Allah only. So Allah sent His best messenger to guide us back to the path. So people do not follow the role of Jahiliya. Right? May Allah open the path for all of us. And so we saw that the issue of idol worshipping is not in idol worshipping today to be found. But it's idol worshipping of a different nature. It's also idol worshipping. It comes down exactly to idol worshipping. And so you and I need to know, do we indirectly have idol worshipping in my life? Or what do I do? If you and I believe, firmly believe, that the hospital and the doctors can help me and their medication can help me and help me only when it comes to medicine then unfortunately you and I have got strong and solid and firm idol worshipping in us Subhanallah May Allah protect us and when you and I feel that we have a difficulty or a pressure or uncomfort and the only one that can help us and we must go to the to the to the to the uh, banks and they can help us then unfortunately we have a very 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 strong and intimate connection with idol worshipping shirk and if you and I is under the impression when I have a problem or a worry or concern and I can go to this person or that person to a fortune teller or, 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 or Sangoma or any of those natures or a person who the, 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 the uh, um, uh, people that, that can come up with gene work or any of that nature and I think I can go there and they can get help then unfortunately I'm very 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 strong the strength of my idol worshipping is absolutely strong Na'udhu Billah I'm dealing in shirk 
Now these are realities happening in the life of many people. Many a times I am Muslim, but I do not realize what Islam wants of me. I do not realize my connection with my Lord. I must be able to clear that with everything. Because this is the core, the base, the fundamental process of being a Muslim. If this is not in place, then everything of my ibadah, of my salah, of my puasa, of my hajj, and of my zakah is null and void in the sight of Allah. And so it's extremely important that we realize that we bring back unto Allah that belongs to Allah. And if Allah Ta'ala instructs, that we follow instructions. And if Allah Ta'ala prevents, that we abstain from that which Allah prevents. May Allah grant us khair and barakah, inshaAllah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And welcome back to Madrasan E with myself, Yasmina Peterson, along with special guest in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. Now, just before the break, you've heard Sheikh speaking in our segment, Knowing My Lord. And she has been speaking a lot about idol worshippers as well as worshipping. But for now, we go on to our next segment, the Sheikh, and that is leadership in Islam and its progression Bismillah um, I think sorry for that man I think it's uh, I'm a Muslim so what's expected of me I'm a Muslim <laughs> for that Sheikh yes definitely I'm a Muslim so what is expected of me Inshallah, Sheikh, Bismillah. sorry for that one Bismillah Rahman Rahim um, thank you very very much for the discussion there and the uh, Yasmina Shukran Sheikh Barakallahu Fikum uh, on, on the topic of I am a Muslim, so what is expected of me? There we've gone to the process and we've reached at the point and looking at the importance of us seeking knowledge in our life and seeking the knowledge of Deen especially. There's no end to it. The only way that I can become a decent Muslim is keeping my connection by having to seek the knowledge of Allah. And there's never ever an end to having to say, I understand it all. Unfortunately, Allah is going to keep us responsible Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Haven't I given you many opportunities that you could have left your home and can go and seek and sit at the feet of scholars and realize that you have no, you know very, very little of your understanding of your Lord and you know very little of your deen and you need to go out and the less you go out, the less you will come to know. You only come to know the more you go out to seek. And so yes, there's a definite need for us to see that we uplift and qualify the going out and seeking and asking what means and ways can we still use so that we can be empowered with so much more knowledge and understanding and being given the exposure of understanding this deen. It is an unfortunate reality that the great amount of people as Muslims are living in whatever process that they are living, thinking that whatever they have, that makes them the righteous Muslims. Yes, my name is Ibrahim. Yes, I say, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah. Yes, I make salah. I say all those things. But am I doing it exactly as Allah has wanted me to do? Do I follow the tariqah exactly as Muhammad has showed me? And do I know all the things just because my name is Ibrahim? No, I will not. Not I, neither you, will ever be able to know. We are not born by the name Ibrahim and makes me immediately Muslim. My name is Ibrahim, it makes me Muslim. But that opens the door for me to be able to do the necessity to go out there to seek and to ask and to beg and to find the means and ways so that Allah can open the path for me to come nearer to Allah, to be able to love as Muslims, to do what Islam expects of me. So we've looked at the issue of the need for understanding, the seeking for knowledge. And then we went to us what we say the best knowledge that there is for mankind, which is the, the best of knowledge is using the Quran and the tariqah of our Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
And I think yesterday in our last program, we ended off of understanding that for us to be able to implement that knowledge, you and I must have accepted that Allah Ta'ala has seen this deen in a process where there is a theoretical Qur'an, a Qur'an with theory information, a Qur'an that gives instructions to tell us this and that, and informs us about other people who did it, and this is the results that they got. And Allah showed us the positive and the negative through that. And if we prepare to go and expose ourselves and look and understand and read the message, we become so much more greater. And unfortunately, it is through the issue of knowledge that we find that a greater, ama- a greater amount of Muslims, unfortunately, in the day and time that we're living in, has got almost as much as zero exposure to what the Quran asks us or says to us. Allah says in the Quran, Quran." This is Allah saying this the lord of you and me he says to us don't you ever reflect into the understanding of this quran that i've seen to you it's not meant to only recite there is a message in every one of them how does it touch you how are you and i gonna say tomorrow oh Allah, we had this experience in life and we did not know how to react because we did not realize in your quran lies our answer for our issues so may allah grant us openness and go grant us to realize that Quran is so vast, most probably if I take my whole life, I will not be able to cover the extent for what I need to know of my own life. May Allah open the path for all of us, grant us an insight and understanding that Allah wants us to be able to go and seek the best of knowledge, the Quran and what it entails, and that we in actual fact submit ourselves that the only way I can implement that, I need to ask question number two. So if this is what Allah says to me, how did his role model, his guide, his teacher that he sent to teach me, to educate me, to take me out of my jahiliyyah, to allow me to become open-minded so that I can be broad-minded, so I can interact, so I can grow, and I can become a beautiful and wonderful Muslim. How? The only answer is Vais Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So the necessity comes, the seeking for me to be able to understand not only the Quran, but also understanding Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as the role model, that I go there and I try my best that I see that I follow his path, how he taught me, what he did. Like for, for that matter, the common thing that they normally say to us, if you and I want to make salah, Allah commands us in the Holy Quran to make salah. And we see certain things Allah tells us. But how do I make the salah? It is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa who educates you and me to show us how to make that salah. Because the Quran doesn't have the extent you can imagine if Allah had to go to detail to say to you, you must do this, that and the other. And this is the detailed information, this is how you do it now. Allah doesn't tell us anything about the ruku and how much you make the ruku and how much you make the sujood and what you must first say surah fatiha. Allah doesn't mention any of those things. There's nothing of that. So who teaches us to make salah? The messenger, the role model, the educator, the teacher, the one who nurtures us and takes us and grabs us away from the the, 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 the path of shaitan and it takes off the the path of Dalala and brings us onto the Sirat al-Mustaqim. May Allah grant us to be ready when that Prophet wants to take us that we flow and be ready to want to take that path via the tariqah of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa So be ready to follow him and come to know what has he done to guide us and to show us how to do things. Allow me to be able just to mention here 
that there is an example. We mentioned this after the break, inshallah. Inshallah. That she uh, mentioned the we're going to go for an ad break, and when we come back, we'll continue with Madrasan A. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to Madrasa on A. Developing Islam in me with myself, Yasmina Peterson, along with special guests in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. We are currently in our segment, I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? And not as I said previously, leadership in Islam is progression. We're looking at that after three, inshallah. But now, Sheikh, just going um, back to when we were in our segment, Knowing My Lord, there was a question that came through from the number 6945. And it says here, Salam, Sheikh. Just as clarity, what then is the role of the ulama and how do we utilize them? As our ulama is also placed here by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as well as the doctors and lawyers, etc. MashaAllah, shukran jazakallah for that question. Um, uh, in, in, in having to respond to that question, I take it for granted the person is speaking under the, the subject called Knowing My Lord. Um, when we speak about what is the role of ulama under that question, Ulama is like every other one, one that you say, like the doc- doctors and the lawyers, each and every one, they have their position in fulfilling that. When it comes to Allah, then worshipping belongs to Allah alone. Knowing my Lord, we were speaking about Uluhiyya. Oh, they cannot be a God that I worship. I need to beg and ask of them for things. I can go to them and ask them to make dua on my behalf. I can go to them and ask for guidance. Like what I go to a social worker or a lawyer or a doctor. I ask for advice and for guidance and for how must I handle this, that and the other. And I go to the ulama and I ask them to, to encourage or to inspire me with the necessary knowledge of deen so that I can become obedient and respectable to Allah in the way Allah wants. But I cannot use them as a means to be able to get through them whatever I want. None of the ulama has been given, given that right. None of the ulama, not in the time of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, not anybody other than that. So the ulama's job is only to guide and give guidance. They are not there that we need to depend, depend and rely and go through them and get. Because in Islam, we are the slaves of Allah and Allah alone. We are not slaves to anybody or anything. So you and I cannot allow ourselves to become enslaved to leaders, to ulama, to anybody. So may Allah grant us not to be able to be of those who take the ulama for anything other. They are like the doctor who has got a very specific job to do. They guide us from the darkness of the ignorance that we probably could come from to what is the light of this deen of Islam. And they must be able to follow the tariqah given by Allah and His messengers so that we can be guided on the right path. They must not be able to manipulate processes and to make slaves of others. Ulama has a job to do to guide us and they must be able to, to try their best to remind us to be on the path of Allah. May Allah grant us khair and barakah. I hope I've answered the question through that. Amin inshallah. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. 5 to 3, you're on the voice of the Cape and we are tuned to Madrasa on E, developing Islam in me. We are in our second segment and this is with regards to I am a Muslim, what is expected of me. Shukran so much for sending through your questions. So a little bit later on, we'll also then open the lines again with regards to questions on the segment, I am a Muslim, what is expected of me. And hand over to Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams that will further unlatch on to where we have said. Shukran so much, Sheikh. We've been in the section of 
uh, I'm a Muslim, so what is expected of me? And we went to the role of understanding or the position of understanding that for you and me to actually follow the tariqah of the role model, the method of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So that takes us to a next step. If we understand that we must follow him, the only way we can follow him is to know him is to go out and seek knowledge about him. What was he like in his character, in his mannerism, in his behavior? What was he like as a teacher, as a father figure, as a brother, as a, a leader for people? What was he like uh, um, when he guided us or what did he inform us? So we need to know knowledge about him and how he followed that because he is and Allah has made him the role model. So you cannot take anybody other than your role model in the steam. There's no way that you can discard him or say, yes, but we don't need the Nabi. Oh, no. Under no circumstances, it is your Lord Allah has chosen him to be your role model and mine. And he said, the path to him is via the role model that he's put there. So you and I need to accept that role model. For us as Muslims, there is no other role model. And if anybody rejects the role model, unfortunately he chooses himself not to belong to this religion. Because in this religion, the religion of Allah in Islam, there is every time he has sent a role model for every group of people wherever they found themselves but he has chosen muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam to be the last and final role model and you and i with our democracy and our issues and our knowledge and our isms and our ologies collectively has got no right zero right to be able to say yes but yes and the only thing that you can do is allah's words some and allah's said something he's given the instruction we heard it and all we do we submit ourselves to that command of Allah right may Allah grant us to be of those for if we do that success lies ahead for us and if not not being successful has been obvious may Allah protect us and so the importance of understanding the knowledge of who Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is and what role he played is extremely important for us in the development for myself as I call myself I'm a Muslim so I want to live Islam may Allah grant us that and so now we came to the role of follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam know Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam the next step that comes from there is the love that you and I need to have for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and our love must be so intense so vast that we need to be able to love him unconditional. And the love goes to the extent that you and I, when you love him and he guides you or he instructs you, you know that that guidance is for the best. And I mentioned in yesterday's lesson, we said Allah Ta'ala says in the Holy Quran, Allah says, Allah wa Rasul in the one ayah. Be obedient to Allah and be obedient to His Messenger. Now we must understand the obedience is a different form of obedience. The obedience to Allah is one aspect of obedience, and we must probably gonna break that down later. But the obedience to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is that when he shows you how, when he does his job as, as messenger, when he fulfills his job, then you need to see that you are the true followers, committed, prepared to accept. And what he says, you do not ask but and how and why and when. 
You say, yes, my uh, oh messenger, oh, the one that guides me, oh, my leader. I'm prepared to carry out and see that Allah grants me the successes. Ya Rab, may Allah grant us to be of those people. And so we need to have that love. Oh, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam describes for us the love. He said once in the presence of the Sahaba radiallahu anhu, he says one, he says, um, you will not have true iman unless you love me greater than you love anything else, bigger than you love anything or anybody else. And the Sahaba listened to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and a person by the name of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu responded. And he said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, I must tell you I love you greater than everything and anything else except for myself. Subhanak. May Allah grant khair and barakah. We will do so after the break, inshallah. Amen, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to Madrasan E, of course, developing Islam in me. I'm your host, Yasmina Peterson, along with special guest in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams, and also taking over the desk controls is none other than Auntie Abida Dixon Muhammad, and in studio we do have Zarina Talib, the producer. Well, for now, we are still continuing on I am a Muslim, what is expected of me, and I now hand you over to Sheikh Ibrahim to continue, inshallah. Shukran Jazakallah Khalanti Yasmina Barakallah Fikum Thanks for that um, We want on, on the area of, of, of this part of I am a Muslim We came to recognize Of our role model And we came to speak That we need to know Our role model And we also equally Come to love our role model And we were at that point We're having to speak about What happened in the time With the Sahabi Sina Umar radiallahu an Who in actual fact Said to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam When the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to them That you cannot have true iman Unless you love me more than you love anybody or anything else And Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu said to the Nabi I love you more than I love anybody or anything else Except for myself, O Messenger of Allah And the Nabi said to him La ya Umar, Umar no Not until you love me more than you love your parents more than you love your children, more than you love your wealth, and more than you love me more than anything else in this world. If you love me, and even more than you love yourself. So Sayyidina Umar said, O Messenger of Allah, if that's the case, then I love you more than I love anybody and anything, more than I love my parents, more than I love my children, more than I love my wealth, more than I love even myself. I love you, O Messenger of Allah. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam responded and saying, Al-Anna ya Umar, now and now only have you reached that level where your iman has reached perfection. Ya Rab, this is this great, great personality, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an, and the Nabi said that to him, where are you and me in the equation? So is it possible that you and I can think that we can carry on without having to love this Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the extent of loving him he explains that to us he says the person one of the persons that shows true love to me is the person who comes to know who I am know what my dude my things are and love my message and it, it's taken from the words of Allah in the Holy Quran Allah says Muhammad informs him Paul say to them in kuntum Allah if you claim that you are Muslim and you love your Lord Allah fatabi'uni then I Muhammad must be the person that you follow you cannot follow anybody else but Allah says that 
say to them, they must follow you. I instruct them, they must follow you. Ya Rab, may Allah grant us to be Muslim. May Allah grant us to be the Muslim that is the way Allah and His Rasul describes it to us, that you and I can benefit what is good for us in this dunya and for our akhirah. It would be sad to know that we say my name is Muslim, but I want to do it my way. Na'udhu Billah, there is no my way in Islam, only the way of Allah and His Messenger. And if it's not that way, everything else is rejected. Na'udhu Billah, Islam is not an interpretation, it's not a dream, it's not my way I read and I understand. Well, it's no, Islam is total submission to Allah and total submission to His Messenger. Total, in totality, and total submission to Allah means that which Allah guides me, I'm prepared to carry out. Submission to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is totally when he shows me how, he is the only one that can show me. If I do it his way, success is inevitable. But if I want to choose to do it my way, other ways, na'udhu billah, they will be, my, my actions will be considered null and void of no value. Not for this world and not for my year after. May Allah protect all of us. And grant us the knowledge of understanding. Our knowledge about our Prophet, our love of that Prophet, is extremely important. And thus we can be the true followers. May Allah grant us to be true followers that actually grow with Him. But the next step that comes after that, the step that comes after the fact that I have taken Him as my Prophet, and of these been my role model, I see him nurturing me and guiding me. I know I cannot go positive in life. I cannot grow. I cannot be a benefit to myself and to others except through him. And I submit myself to his style and his way he guides me, the method that he showed me how to be a Muslim. And he then told us that the next step is, as the role model, we need to look at him. And his role that he played to be able to develop what you and I call a blueprint. Now what do I mean by a blueprint? I mean you and I need to be able to have a book where we can run to and see how did it happen. Uh, that explains to us how much you use this, 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 uh, uh, the booklet that they have when they, you buy any um, matter, anything that you buy in the shop. And there's a little booklet that tells you you mustn't do this and mustn't do that. Where do we get that booklet? That booklet is the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. When Allah sent him to be able to create a blueprint for you and me, and the blueprint, I mean, to be able to nurture, to assist, to to develop, to allow them to grow as the great scholars of Deen, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. They are our blueprint because they were humans like you and me. They had the weaknesses like you and me. They had the shortcomings of you and me. They were people like, they lived in exactly the same circumstances that each and every other human being live on this earth. But they became the pioneers of success. They became the pioneers of civilization. They took, they were the people whom Allah guided to take the human race out of the jahiliyyah, out of the deep ignorance, out of the darkness, out of the background of negativity. And Allah guided them to be able to be the leaders to take humanity to total success for this world and for the year after. Ya Rabbi. The world was uncivilized. Uncivilization was a norm everywhere in this world. The world was totally uncivilized. And it's them, Sahaba radiallahu anhum, people that I can mention by the name of 
Abdullah ibn Abbas, Umar ibn, uh, Umar ibn al-Hattab, people in the capacity of Abu Bakr radiallahu an, people in the capacity of Aisha radiallahu anha, people in the capacity of Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu. Radiallahu anhum, Allah has selected them to, to take you and me, to grant you and me to be able to be there, to take them as our role models, part of the message of Muhammad, that they can be our blueprint to see where do we fit in and how can we become the better human being. So yes, as part of understanding my submission to Allah and Muslims, so I, what must I do? What is my role to do and role to play? I need to understand, I need to accept Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and so whoever Allah has put with him and given to him and he has managed to take that people in his character, in his mannerism, in his be- behavior, he has managed to take them out of the jahiliyyah and made of them the best of personality. But their best best of personality has not allowed us to see the good within them only. But the impression that they have goodness in them has made them the pioneers for success. And as we've said earlier, the pioneers for civilization. For the world was totally uncivilized and was probably the world loves to be able to be uncivilized. To, because to be civilized is to be taken out of the ignorance of living only a world where that you live in the world, forgetting that you need to be connected to your Lord Allah. And without that, there is no benefit for you dunya and no benefit for the akhirah. May Allah pardon all of us, forgive us for our shortcomings, and grant us to be able to be of those who can report back to our Lord and ask of Allah to guide us what is best for our dunya and best for our akhirah. On that note, we now break for ads. And when we come back, we'll continue with Madrasa on E, Developing Islam in Me with Sheikh Ibrahim Abram. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And welcome back to Madrasa on E, Developing Islam in Me. I'm your host, Yasmina Peterson, along with special guests in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. The time is now 22 minutes past the hour of 3. And before we head on, further into our next segment and that is within leadership in Islam and its progression I just want to urge you to gently write this down as a reminder uh, the workshop there's a workshop that will be taking place Madrasan is going to be having a workshop inshallah it's going to be on the 18th of February that is the Saturday it's going to be at a retreat Al Munawar Masjid that's from the timing from 3 until 5 o'clock inshallah do go to Voice of the Cape www.vocfm.co.za online that is our website where you can download the registration form and fill that in with regards to that so that we can know if you are going to be attending and you can bring a friend along as well and spread this further in the community. The reason for this is so that you can be so that you can have a certificate for your participation inshallah lines will is going to be open with regards to the segment leadership in islamist progression do not we're not taking calls only whatsapps and sms's so if you have any questions pertaining to the topic that sheikh will be looking at now and that is leadership in islam then you can most definitely send that through and we will look at your questions inshallah but for now sheikh is going to continue bismillah sheikh shukran jazakallah Alhamdulillah, we've reached to our segment that we speak about the role of uh, um, the leadership in Islam and its progression. Sorry for that one. Uh, and Yasmina, we've, we've been to the processes right at the beginning, speaking about Nabi Adam, him being the role, the leader for us and for humanity, and Allah's put that leadership qualities in the Anbiya, the Prophets. And then we, sh- we said that 
Allah took it right to all the prophets and it landed up in our time in the Prophet the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Allah showed us all the qualities of him as that and uh, we came to realize that there's so much that we take from this Prophet in his uh, real guide for the best of humanity even amongst the non-Muslim scholars who's done the research in history they find that the best, best person who has been on earth to guide mankind to for successes holistically as great professors, as great personalities, the deep insight of the deepest is no person better than Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa who is not only a, an academic of a very high standard, he is not only a very practical person, he is not only a person looked at this world and limited to the insight of this world, but he has deep insight in this world Deeper, deeper than all the great scholars that there is, and the, but he understood also the best of the year after, and the 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 the, and the, the, the world that we call uh, the that's abstract to us, the, which we call in Arabic the ghayb, the unseen, the world of the unseen. He had deep insight of that, and he brought the message from his Lord to the total human race, to take the human race out of darkness, and thus, as a leader, he guided us to what is best. But he has also indicated that the next after him was to be the rightly guided Khalifas, such as Abu Bakr and Omar and Uthman and Ali. And he showed us that. And he said, that is the path. And says, if we do not take them, unfortunately, we will also go astray. And then he says, then after that, my companions, all of them can guide you to righteousness. And then he taught us that we need to be able to understand after the companions is going to come a situation where there is Khilafah but Khilafah is an establishment that you the Muslim Ummah must always establish by yourself so that there can be leadership amongst you but the righteous Khilafah is that Khilafah that guides you back to Tariqah of Allah and to the Tariqah of the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when we speak about Khilafah, what are we speaking about? To see that there must be a means of leadership amongst our communities, amongst our people, wherever we are. There's supposed to be an Islamic leader for the whole of the Muslim world. One person. Allah knows where that person is. Most probably in our day in time, it's almost uncomfortable because we said we speak so much about this issue of Khilafah and Khilafah means leadership and leadership is something that we call for and we call for unity and we call for the calling when we say where is unity let me actually just indicate to us Khilafah can only come when unity becomes a reality so when does unity become a reality? unity only comes a reality when we understand when Allah says to us in the Quran who we are and Allah makes a statement Allah says إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ إِخْوَةِ فَأَصْلِحُوا بَيْنَ أَخَوَيْكُمْ Allah speaks to each and every one of us, whether you are professors, no matter who you are, no matter how much knowledge, no matter the experience of the world, and Allah says, the believers, you are united, and Allah has made them a one single brotherhood. Wow! And Allah says, you better see that you make, you, 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 you build relationships with everybody and that you actually build that relationship and that bond between you and the rest of your brothers. So what is Ihwa all about? What is that when Allah says you are brothers, what are you? When you are brothers of one another, you care for one another. You have a sense of love for one another. And it's irrespective of color, of creed, of status, of wealth, 
Irrespective of all that, and that is iris, that is least to be considered. The very fact that the person says, "Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah," then you accept him as a brother, you accept him as a Muslim like you, and you live with care for him. You have a sense of consideration for them. You consider them before your own self. In the words of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "La yu'minu ahadukum." You cannot ever claim that you have true belief unless you love for your brother, your Muslim brother, for that brother which is pink and blue and lilac and green, rich or poor, uh, uh, status or uh, status and position he has got, he has got high or low. You don't look at any of those things. You see him as a Muslim brother of yours until you prefer for him more than what you prefer for yourself. That what that which you want for yourself, you would consider it for him, for others first. Ya Rabb, may Allah grant us to become Muslim. I repeat, may Allah grant us to become Muslim. Unfortunately, you and I came from the apartheid structure, where the apartheid manner, mechanism made us almost believe if you're black, you're bad. And we're thinking low because um, you're not white and you're not us. And the darker you are, we see you as, as, something, uh, as, as uh, something, something fearful. And if you're lighter, uh, we see you as great and wonderful. It's got nothing to do with color, nothing to do with white, black or white. It's all to do with if the person says, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah, then I as a Muslim by nature must care for that person. Must I have a sense of love for that person? Must I have a sense of consideration for that person more than I would want to consider for myself? Ya Rabb, May Allah grant us to be Muslimin. May Allah grant that the true form of Islam comes to us. When that sense of Islam comes to us, and we can develop for that. And I wouldn't consider things to be in my pocket that is mine. My car belongs to me. My house belongs to me. I will then have a heart that opens up for anybody. My house will be our house. My car will be our car. Whatever belongs to me will belongs to us in, as, as brothers and sisters. We will not consider mine only. And I will not look through a narrow process of a straw vision where I only see myself in Islam and I am Muslim and I don't consider anybody else. Islam speaks about the sense for me in leadership to recognize as if I want to become a Muslim leader, I have a sense of broadness where I'm ready to enhance and take in everybody into my life. And I show each and everybody care, love, compassion, support, and I'm there for everybody else. Because this is what Islam wants from me. This is what Islam expects of me. Remember I said the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to us, Kullukum. Ra'in, each and every one of you are a leader. So that means to say, tell me if the leader is, if we use the word shepherd, is in charge of the flock, can the leader have consideration for certain portions of the flock and have not have the same for the others? Or must he have uh, uh, equal support to everybody and equal care for everyone? So the flock probably could do many things, but the leader must be able to show that he shows that love, that care, the compassion to the rest. May that open the path for all of us and grant us to be able to understand our role in leadership, how we must be able to bring about that processes back, inshallah. So the issue of Khilafah, through the process of not calling for, for, for unity, but to be able to work to establish 
through love and brotherhood and through care and consideration and through sense of Islamic unity in the way we deal with one another in the normal homes and every one of us works at that and nobody goes around calling and, and blaming other people oh no you've just blamed yourself when you say yes but this and but that you've blamed yourself that you are not worthy establishing leadership within yourself you're not establishing true brotherhood in yourself you still have that sense of arrogance and you think yourself superior and unfortunately you've only touched the process of where shaitan has proven you are nearer to shaitan than what you are to this path of deen may allah protect all of us and grant us to realize i'm not here wanting to be able to speak ill of anybody. I want us to be able to see in the broad spectrum, must we be able to think ourselves better than others? But this is shaitan. This is the very characteristics of shaitan. And you and I so quickly fall in that. If the beggar comes and knocks the door, don't think himself, don't think yourself better than him. Whether the person is black or blue or rich or poor, don't think yourself better than him. Think yourself, most probably Allah sent this person to you. He might be so much more superior. Most probably he deserves to enter Jannah first. Most probably that person is going give, to be given status here on See yourself as most probably the weakling. Look at your own self in your faults and your errors and ask Allah to grant you and me to be able to be of those people who rather look at ourselves with fault and see others with everything that's good. Because this is how the Muslim Ummah is supposed to be leaders. How are we supposed to be able to encourage and to enhance? For that is part of our job and our role in playing as leaders, guiding others along in the beauty of what the deen is from Allah Ta'ala. Allah open the path for all of us, give us our shortcomings, and lead us what is best for our dunya and our akhirah. And so when we speak of the process about Khilafah, and we've looked at the issue of having to establish that love, that care, that compassion, and live by that in ourselves, may Allah grant us to be able to get there. Most probably it's not all that easy. Most probably we have many obstacles that doesn't allow us to get there. But the sooner we come to know and prepare to under the knowledge that we have now, come to want to submit to that, the sooner we'll be coming there. And when that establishment come, Islam will become a united ummah. And Islam will be then a, rec- uh, a, a united ummah to be recognized with or to be dealt with. And Islam will prosper. And that Khilafah would be able to grant that Islam becomes the answer for humanity. And that all the people with all the isms and the ologies and the universities and the degrees will all come to submit to Allah Ta'ala in submitting to what Allah and His Rasul want. But it means that you and I need to become Muslim in the description with leadership given to us by Allah and His Rasul that you and I love that Islam and live, love that leadership that the establishment of that Khilafah can come about again and Islam can come, come, become meaningful and if we have to just look at that Khilafah and say where do we start with that Khilafah or where do we end it starts off with each and every one of us each and every one of us need to see himself as a weakling as a weakling, he wished to be able to become better. As a weakling, he wished to be able to work to become a better Muslim. As a weakling, he wants to be able to join with others and support others and, and be of benefit for himself and for others, right? As a weakling, he needs to understand that it starts from, from each and every one of us. And so we look at it in the broad spectrum and we say, so every government that is a Muslim government supposed to be of benefit to the Muslim Ummah. 
the governments must be set in an Islamic ma fa fashion and manner to guide the Ummah. And so every government must have in every province that there is representatives of leadership. The governments must have a leadership and in, in the uh, provinces, in every province there must be a leadership. And then in every area there must be leadership. And so in every group that there is must be leadership. And so in every institution or every organization there must be leadership. But all these leaders must work together towards the submission of one leader. And all those leaders must be able to be choose a leader for the best of humanity in, in this dunya as a single leader to guide them and this leadership only comes from Allah and His Rasul Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah this sense of khilafah needs to become a norm now if that form of khilafah becomes a norm Allah shows us and our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam shows us that the next form of leaders that needs to be amongst us are the scholars in Islam, known to be the ulama, the leaders, those people with insight, because they do not see the world only. They do not have degrees in this world only. They have exposure of what, Allah, what comes via the prophets. Allah says in, um, uh, that the scholars, that they are the ones who actually follow the ulam, the, 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 um, they are the ones that follow the leader, the, the prophets. So they take from the message, message of the prophets. And so yes, this is what Allah and His Rasul guides us to. The next step of leadership should be our scholars. And so every area should have their own scholars. And they are the leaders for humanity. They are the... And so... Musically to them is what we call the A'imma in Masajid. The leaders for the humanity should be real scholars that is actually good leaders as leadership and imams for their people. May Allah open the path for all of us. To guide humanity so that man can not only go onto this world. They don't only lead the salah. They don't only make this ibadah in the masjid or give the khutbas, but they guide us to what is benefit for our dunya and benefit for akhirah. That is their job and that is the role that they play. They're supposed to guide us to, to success as leaders, but you and I should understand we must teach to the capacity that we, the ummah today, can give honor and dignity to our ummah. Right? But at the same time, the position of a'imma cannot be given or taken by just anybody. It must be somebody who has sufficient knowledge that comes from Allah and His Messenger. May Allah open the path and guide us with His best. And so the issue of leadership is something that we, the ummah, must strive for forever. And there's no end to the process of striving for leadership. May Allah grant us to be able to realize that if we have and work at leadership at all times, which is the issue I mentioned earlier about Khilafah, if we can understand the need for working at that, we will be able to see success in this dunya for all of us and success in our year after. Wassalamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Shukran for that one, Auntie. Shukran uh, so much, Sheikh. Uh, the time now 3.40 on the dot. And we break for as and when we come back, we'll continue with Madrasa on A. Stay tuned. 
Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to Madrasa on E, developing Islam in me with myself Yasmina Peterson along with special guest in studio none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. We are in a segment leadership in Islam and its progression. However, I just, I just want to stress the point of the registration forms. If you are by the means in terms of downloading it from our website, you can go to www.vocfm.co.ca to download the form and then fill it in and then you can also just send back or keep it with you however if you are not by that facilities to download the registration form don't feel worried you can still attend the workshop that's happening on saturday you can get your registration form at the workshop your other option is that you can come collected at our voice of the cape stations so you can go to the workshop on saturday which is the 18th that's going to be in the retreat concert boulevard and you will be receiving your registration form alternatively if you don't want that then you can come to our station during office hours to collect your registration forms do note that we did say the reason for the registration forms is so that we can have you on our database so that you can get a certificate for your participation inshallah but furthermore i'm not going to speak a lot i'm going to hand over to sheikh now to continue as to where sheikh latch uh, Left of loss, and that is with regards to leadership in Islam and its progression. Bismillah, Sheikh. Um, we lost in the sub, uh, segment of the, the leadership in Islam and its progression, and we dealt for today the process of the role of the scholars in Islam. And that, subhanak, the sense of the scholars is something which Allah and His Rasul guides us. And Allah mentions in the Quran the essence about the fact that the scholar needs to leave home and go and seek knowledge and return back to his people so that he can guide them and he can be their leader and he can show them the way and he let them understand that there is a world that they live in which is called the physical world but there is also a spiritual world that they are able to blend the two so they can be the ultimate leaders to guide them to what is best so yes, we say the scholars comes from the advice of Allah and His Messenger but probably today we want to say what the scholars who put them in their position nobody, it's Allah it's Allah who's put them in their position, and it's Allah who decided what the, that they are the people who need to be to, the guidance was. If you want to take the, the path, if they follow the path of Allah and His Rasul, then you and I must probably don't have an option but to follow them. But if they chose anybody other than that, then you can choose. No, no, no. They're not going to be the best of leaders for you and me. May Allah grant khair and barakah for all of us, inshallah. And, and, and then we went to the sense of realizing that the sense of via the scholars they need to be the process of guiding us at the masajid and that we strive for seeing that through the process of that leadership becomes a norm within the society going to the next step that follows on from there onwards is the fact that the next level of leaders that they need to be in the advice of Allah and his messenger is the parents every mom and every dad you are a leader, I am a leader. Each and every one, most probably you haven't prepared yourself for leadership. You say, no, no, I don't want to be a leader. But Allah says, remember what Nabi says, Kullukum ra'in, each and every one of you are a leader. Wow. But I didn't mean I want to be a leader. But he said to me, you are a leader, you must be. You must go and seek and go out to find what is expected for me to be the leader. How otherwise can you guide your children? How otherwise can you be there a benefit for your offspring? How otherwise can they develop to be decent, respectable adults? How otherwise can they become 
a people who's now going to understand their role and to become responsible. How otherwise? If you and I are not the real leaders, if you and I don't have the capacity and the insight, and if you and I cannot guide them, and if you and I cannot be a follower yourself, follow the tariqah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa the great leader, how can you pass over leadership and grant them to become leaders of the next generation? Na'udhu billah. And so it's imperative that you and I understand. You and I might not have chosen ourselves to want to be the leaders. And we've said before, many a time we asked the question, was leaders born? The reality is, leaders, no leaders ever born. He's like an ordinary person. If he's been given the necessary amount of advice and guidance and direction accordingly, at a very young age, then he can become an early young leader. Right? But so each and every one of us stands exactly in the line at the same time. And all of us can reach out there. But it is a fact that you and I must work towards and want to achieve and want to acquire that level of leadership in Islam. According to Allah and His Messenger. And we've shown you the tariqah. What we said, that leadership is something that needs to be in parents. And the mom and the dad needs to be those leaders. And I think I've shared this verse with you prior. Allow me to share it again. Let's listen to Allah's words. When Allah teaches us, and He says to us, He teaches us a dua, and He says to us, we must beg Him, O oh our Lord, Rabbana, O oh our Lord, Habrana, grant us as a gift, min azwajina of our partners, wa and our offspring, kurrata a'yun, that they can be a contentment to our hearts, they mustn't bring pain to our lives and uncomfort, and they mustn't bring sadness and worry to our life, we must always be happy and contented in their living with Him. Our offspring and our partners. Waja'alna, but grant us, O oh Allah, grant us, O oh Allah, lil muttaqeen, for the righteous people of this world, that we are the leaders to them, that we are the ones that guide them, that we show them the way, that we direct them onto the path of being on the Sirat al Mustaqeen. Ya Rabb, may Allah grant us to be Muslimin. May Allah grant us to understand what is the expectation. Because Allah puts this in the Quran, so somebody can't come up with a way, uh, this is what I want to do and how I do it. Because remember Allah says, I want you to make dua that you become a leader, but the leader of the muttaqin, the leader of the people who follow Allah's path, not your path, not my path, not my interpretation, not the way I see it, but you only, only follow the path of Allah and the tariqah of his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah grant us all to be able to develop through that inshaAllah. And so we see that sense of leadership via parents is what Allah wants for all of us because that is the way we go about to be able to develop the next generation. Inshallah. I mean, shukran so much for that, Sheikh. We now break for ads and when we come back, we'll continue with Madrasa on E. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to Madrasa on E with myself, Yasmina Peterson, as well as Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. We are in our segment Leadership in Islam and its Progression. So, inshallah, Sheikh, you can bismillah. Shukran jazakallah for that one, Auntie Yasmina. And just before uh, we went off the air, uh, um, we were busy discussing on how leadership has been going right through the various ages and Allah has allowed it to come down to what we call the lowest level, or the level that where we say we are parents. 
And because the job, when a person becomes a parent, then he carries a heavy load. That heavy load is to be able to rear and to nurture another human being. And that is the most impossible task. A heavy, heavy task. It's not easy. It's uncomfortable. It's something that you and I don't have the capacity unless... And it's not our knowledge that we've got just from the books and the things that make you know. Many people has got children, but they struggle to be able to guide their children to what is success. Ya Rob. And so the role in parenthood is to be able, the only thing, the only job every parent have in, in rearing children, you've got one job, is to allow your child to become a respectable, responsible adult. So what is your job and my job as a parent? Our job is one. We've got one job with the sons or daughters. The job is, I must make my child, number one, respectable. I must, be, I must be able to structure, to nurture him, to guide him so that there can be respectability in him or her. So it's my job that I must be able to nurture them with respectability, to guide them into respectability, that they must, be, they must know what respect consists of and what respect is in their character, in their behavior, in their mannerism, so that they can be respectable. You only become respectable when you understand what respectability is. And you know that it consists of certain things and you need to know that I need to be able to play, implement that. So it's the job of every mom and dad, your only job not to give your children food, not to give them money, not to give them wealth, not to give them clothing. That's not your, your job is to see point number one for them to be able to be number one that they are respectable. And if they don't have respectability, they can become the uncomfort of this world. And everybody looks at them with negativity. Billah. But it's your job and mine. Allah, remember it all belongs to Allah. It all belongs to Allah. So Allah don't give it to every child. Allah makes every child with positivity in the child and the others has got weak. And everybody has got negativities in us too. But when you've been given a child who's got certain negativities, it's your responsibility to be able to help him to overcome his negativities. And it's yours to be able to guide him that he can make value of the positivities in his own life and not to get to lose it out in his life. So you and I, the first responsibility is not your clothing, not the money, not the food. Not the cleaning. The first responsibility is to build in him an understanding of respectability. And the first message of respectability is coming to appreciate who his Lord is. And if you have developed that in his mind and allow him to understand who his Lord is, he becomes automatically respectable to his Lord for the fact that his Lord has served him. Allahu Akbar. So we need to establish respectability in our children. After respectability, we have the responsibility to be able to be able to develop them to achieve the sense of responsibility. They, they must become responsible. Our job is to develop them to become responsible, not dependable on others, but res responsible by themselves. They can go out and they can achieve, they can acquire, they can uh, uh, reach out to, they can fulfill, they can be of benefit to themselves and benefit to others. That they become responsible. The first job is respectability. The second one is responsibility. And the third one is adulthood.
What is adulthood? Adulthood is to make him a holistic person where he's full. He doesn't have the capacity to deal only with word, but he can deal with word and mannerism and interaction. And he seems to be very adult in his approach to things. He speaks, he thinks always before he does things. And he considers others for whatever happens. He's not looking at his ego. He's not faulted by by only himself and it's all to do with my and I and I this and me this and you this. Uh, He's not that low. He's not that weak. He develops above that. He's not the ordinary person out there. He's not a person who's weak within. He recognizes weaknesses but strive to admit to what weaknesses is and work hard to achieve and acquire Levels that's been set by Allah and His Rasul, and He works to gets to that. But that is you and my my job, our duty, our responsibility to see that happens in children. May Allah grant us to be able to be of those who assist our children to become adults as they go along in life. Shukran for that one, Yasmina. Uh, I, I just want to say thank you to our people. I think we end at that moment there, reminding our, pu- our public of our excursion this weekend, inshallah. I'm sorry, not the excursion, the workshop this weekend in uh, Concert Boulevard, uh, in retreat. Uh, we hope to see all of you there. And thank you for your people for having to fill in your registration forms. And as we've indicated, it will be available otherwise, for that matter. Shukran jazakum We hope to be able to grow as we go along in this program. May Allah grant khair and barakah to all of us, inshallah. And that we benefit through the, this knowledge and we can take it over to other levels, inshallah. Um, we, if, if I do say anything, remember that's uncomfortable. It is simply because of me and my own weaknesses and my shortcomings. And I'm not crying here. I want you to recognize I'm as human as you are, and that we all have weaknesses and shortcomings. We wish Allah to grant us insight and knowledge, and the ability to develop and grow, and come to recognize what our shortcomings are, and that we can go to higher levels in this dunya and in the akhirah. Allahumma amin, amin ya rabbal alamin. May Allah open the path for all of us and grant us successes, inshallah. But whenever anything comes from the side of benefiting you and me, taking us from the lower levels to the higher levels and a bride to open up the minds to what comes from Allah and His Messenger. Then we try to guide you there and that comes from Allah. May Allah accept it from all of us and may Allah use us furthermore to the development of this deen, inshallah, for myself and for yourself. I ask you pardon and maaf if I've made you feel uncomfortable for anything. And I love you for the sake of Allah. I'm not your I'm not your own brother or your own sister, but I am your brother in Islam. So I must love you and I know you love me. Thank you for that. And may Allah increase that we all have the true love for all our brothers and sisters and the true brotherhood can come in us that we can develop on our brotherhood to unity, to finding Khilafah, to be able to be that leaders for this dunya for ourselves and for everybody in this world, inshallah. May Allah forgive us for our shortcomings. Shukran Jazakallah. Last but not least, our dua that we need to make. We will ask Allah we will ask Allah except from all of us, inshallah. And we ask you to join us in this dua by having to recite Surah Al-Asr. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي حسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر وصلى الله على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك والحمد لله رب العالمين Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Shukran so much for that Sheikh And it's 4 o'clock on the dot So from myself Yasmina Peterson Along with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in studio As well as Antia Beda And the whole team on board Not forgetting Zirina Talib We wish you Assalamu alaikum Warahmatullahi wabarakatuh And have a great day further